0: Glory! Glory. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! We are all welcome to our Sunday service. Amen. Today is a very special service. It's our last day in the avalanche. Amen. And it's also a communion service. And it's also the christening of our dear pastors, Pastor Professor Tisano Turo. Amen. You're all welcome. I know that you're going to be blessed. Amen. Amen. Because we have a a packed program, we have to make sure we work within time. Amen. So we, wherever you are, just lift up your hands. Just thank the Lord for this week, for the past week. and Thank Him for your life. Thank Him for His grace. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that he has given to us. Just lift up your voice and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Masati <laughs> Mango, Zede, I want to hear your voice. Yeah. Mango, mango, shoko, Mango, rongo, shoko, Robolo robo, kusata. Mzite elengu, shata kafradaha. Ontete di basata tabala haya. Mangasende shoko robo kusata Mango shoko porongo Mango. Just lift up your voice wherever you are and talk to the Lord. Thank Him for His love, thank Him for His life, thank Him for His words. That we are privileged to receive, to handle. Oh, Father, we thank you. There is none like you. There is none that can be compared unto thee We give you praise. We give you adoration. We give you honor. Oh, Shatala Kasatala. la de Lengos Shataka Palaganas. Oh, balita Santa kata palagad us. Mang kogong Mazita kogong balabak Mandelen tabah. Mazi tako kogong gusha tabah. Your anyway. hin- name <evaporate> <inaudible> <umericfahr-> <float-~> <by-huh>. One day with authority, in the name of Jesus. Oh, why, why you are just in the past and worship me? we worship you, Lord. One with authority the name of Jesus. The shout of glory. Glory. (laughs) Turn to somebody and welcome the person to church. You are welcome to today's special Sunday service. Oh, we love you, Jesus. There is none like you. Oh, we love you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wherever you are lift up and say, the word, the word of God is God speaking to me. Speaking to say it again, say, the, the word of God is God speaking to me. Speaking to say it again, say, the, the word of God is God speaking to me. Speaking to I, am I am who Christ is. I have what Christ has. I, Christ I has. can do what Christ can do. Christ I'm seated where Christ is seated. I'm seated where Christ is in, heavenly in heavenly place. I am a doer of the word. Of the word and, not and not a hearer only. Say, say, I'm a doer of the word. Of the word and a the word and not, a not a hearer only. Say, the word of God, word of God is for my benefit. Say, the word of God, word of God is, for is for my profiting. Come on, give the Lord a shout of Glory! glory. Hallelujah. Shall we please take a seat? So we are teaching briefly, we are teaching on warring with prophecies. Amen. We started on Friday by talking about prophecy, the different kinds of prophecies, the generalized prophecies, the specialized prophecies. And we talked about inspirational and the specialized prophecies, inspirational prophecies. Amen. And revelatory prophecies. And yesterday we went into revelatory prophecy And we explained more about revelatory prophecy and how to judge a prophecy. How the prophet is in charge when it comes to revelatory prophecies. Amen. The difference between the gift of prophecy and the ministry of the prophet. The ministry of the prophet. And all of that. Amen. Today we are talking about warring with prophecy. Is that not powerful? Are you in charge this morning? Are you in charge this morning? Yes, yes, yes. Say, I'm warring with prophecies. prophecies. Said it again, say, I'm warring with prophecies. prophecies. Said it again, say, I'm warring with prophecies. I'm warring with prophecies. Come on, shout glory. glory. First Timothy chapter 1. From verse 18 to 20. It looks like my screen is not on. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Shout hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Say, I'm warring with, warring with prophecies. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Shadabakosh atalagadush. Oh, leeka ashatala bahaya. Mantolo go shatala baha. Rongo shadala bahasata. Man, go What's Robert doing outside there? Is that part of ushering also? Malaga Is that not powerful? Warring <coughs> with prophecies. My screen is still not on. Can we? Man, Shasta. God, I, I beseech you. I, I do what I beseech you because you are you are you come early. So once you come, it's important you set the TV and put something on the screen. It's very important. You don't always have to come and you are now trying to own it. Once you come, you put it, you put the screen, and everything is on waiting. What do you guys think? There should even be a scripture or a picture or something on our screens. once we come? Come on, what do you guys think? I don't have to say this online, but sometimes you have to say it. Dog, it looks like you're laughing at me, eh? You're going to sow a seed. Who wants to sow a seed today? The well, first Timothy chapter 1 from verse 18 to 20. Who can just read it for us? Thank you, Jesus. 18 to 20. Are we there? Mm-hmm. From verse 18 to 20. Mm-hmm. I'm reading from the King James Version. Mm-hmm. This charge I commit unto thee. This charge I commit unto thee. Mm-hmm. San Timothy. San Timothy. Mm-hmm. According, to the, which went According to the prophecies which went before on. thee. According to the prophecies which went before on thee. That thou by them mightest war a good warfare. That thou by, by them mightest war a good warfare. Holding faith and a good conscience. Is that not powerful? powerful? Can we all read it? Is it on the screen now. Yes, Can we all read it? One, two, go. Can you start from verse 18, so that we all read it together? One, two, go. Uh-huh. Yes, sir, you to be... The way you're reading, it looks like you're not seeing it well. Can we? Should we enlarge the screen for you? Or we should get, get some glasses from uh, Dr. Sandra for you. Amen. <laughs> hey Can we all read together again One, to go? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. 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 Is that not powerful? Take us back to eighteen. Do you have the amplified version there? I wanted to. I want us to read the amplified also before I teach. I want you to look at what he's talking about. Who is ready for the word? You already shout glory. No, really. Can we also read the Amplified, just this one, verse 18 I think it's okay Or 18 and 19, one to go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that not powerful? So that, inspired and aided by them, you may wage the good warfare. Take us back to King James. So this is a very powerful scripture. It says, "This charge I commit unto thee, my son Timothy." Why? Because Timothy was a pastor and had received a call. He has been sent to pastor a church. And then Paul is writing to his son. Timothy is Paul's son. And he says, This charge I commit unto thee. This charge. Meaning that he was charging him with this responsibility. Amen. He says, This charge I commit unto you, my son Timothy. And according to the prophecies which went before on thee. So prophecies had gone on Timothy. He says, according to the prophecies. Or by the prophecies which went before on thee, thou mightest by the prophecies. The Amplified said that aided by the prophecies might war a good warfare. Now, the word it calls charge is a command. It says this command I'm giving to you, my son Timothy. Do you hear what I'm talking about? So, once when we receive prophecies, it is not enough. Yesterday I said that. There are churches who do not believe in prophecy and that is erroneous, true or false. True, is that right? right I thought Pastor Obedo correct me. He's not correcting me because he has to say he correct me. Is that it's not true? That's right, right. So this charge I commit unto you, my son Timothy, it is according to so this is a charge from Paul to his son Timothy. It's a charge. It's a command. It's an instruction to him that According to the prophecies that went before on thee, that means that before, before Timothy was sent, prophecies were spoken on his life. It could either be an inspirational prophecy or it could be a revelatory prophecy. You are going to this nation. You will take over this nation. You will do this in this nation. The Lord is going to use you to do mighty things. Uh, I see you doing healings. I see you winning souls. In fact, I see the president coming to your church. Is that not true? So it's either inspirational or revelatory. These prophecies have been spoken over the man of God. Then Paul says that I commit to you, that I commit to you this responsibility, that even though prophecies have been spoken over your head, over your life, he didn't say that you should go and sleep and wait till God's timing where he fulfills the prophecies. Is that what he said here? Oh, is that right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? But rather... He gives him a responsibility. And this responsibility is for every Christian who receives a prophecy, whether inspirational or revelatory prophecy. Once a prophecy is spoken over your life, it is not up to God for the fulfillment. And it is not just up to God for the fulfillment. It is not just up to the man of God who is prophesying for the fulfillment. You have to take charge of the prophecies taking charge, taking command, taking control. Because once we give a prophecy to a person, we are speaking the mind of God. We are uttering the words of God to the person. I said a prophecy is inspired utterance where the Spirit of God speaks, utters into the heart of a person. And the person brings forth what he has received from the Holy Ghost from within his spirit. So once a prophecy comes that inspirationally in the church. It could even be a church, not a personal prophecy. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm lifting up my people. I'm making them great and all of that. You see the prophecies coming up like that. Once those prophecies begin to come out like that and you are in the church, you are part of the body of Christ, you are part of the church. You were there when the prophecies were spoken. You take charge of the prophecy. You don't just say amen and go home. No. You take charge. You take responsibility. You take command. It means that you have received a prophecy. When a prophecy is given, you receive the prophecy. When you receive the prophecy, you receive it as words spoken by the Spirit through a person. write it down. You receive a prophecy as words spoken by the Spirit through a person, whether it is inspirational or revelatory. That means those words are words that are spoken by God through a person. So you cannot downplay the words Spoken by God to you through any vessel. You do not hear what I said. You can't undermine it, you can't take it for granted. So the prophecy doesn't end in the church. Oh, I've received a prophecy that's so powerful, that's ended. You go and sleep, you sleep the whole year. You say the prophecy has not come to pass. Oh, so, hey, is this prophecy to you? A, a prophet prophesies and it has not come to pass, he's a fake prophet. That's an Old Testament scripture. And it's, it, that scripture is subject to scrutiny. Yes, it's subject to what? To scrutiny, oh, are you here in church today? Yes. I say it's subject to what? To scrutiny. to scrutiny. Because it's an Old Testament scripture. In the New Testament, it takes us to take charge of prophecies. To take command of prophecies. To take control of When we put you in charge of something, this we are putting you in control of it True or false? Yes, is that powerful? Are you in church? It looks like you are not here. Why? Are you, are you, on, are you on YouTube or Facebook? <laughs> come on, shout glory. glory. Are you in church? Yes, sir. So, once we put you in charge of something, we are putting that thing under your control. Is that true? So when he says, I put, uh, this charge I commit unto you, he's charging him with the responsibility that now that the prophecy has come, now, prophecy, whether inspiration or revelation, is very important. And I'll, I'll, I'll go into certain things. It's a revelation of God's secrets concerning you, concerning you. It's a revelation of God's prophecy, it's a revelation of God's especially revelatory prophecy of God's secrets to you. So, what do you do when you receive? You take control as if you have ta- you've received uh, an information that God has given to you. Did you hear what I said? And information has been given to you from God. So you take responsibility. You take control. You don't let it slip by. And go home and rest. No. So he says, this charge, I commit unto you, my son Timothy. Paul was giving Timothy the responsibility. It wasn't Timothy who said, Papa, you have prophesied over my life. And because of that, now I'm looking up to your God to come fulfill it. Is that what happened here? Do you hear what I'm talking about? So whether it's inspirational prophecy, whether it's revelatory prophecy, whether the prophecy is not the prophecy you really enjoyed or a prophecy you enjoy, however it's coming from, it is coming from the Spirit of God. Whether you liked it or you did not like it, once it's coming from a genuine person, a genuine prophet, a genuine Christian, depending on on which prophecy, whether the gift of prophecy or the revelatory prophecy, then... You take control. So it says that this charge I commit unto you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that you by these prophecies might war a good warfare. So it means that we have a responsibility to wage war with the prophecies that are spoken concerning us. Write it down. The Christian has that responsibility to wage war with the prophecies. With the prophecies. The prophecy becomes a weapon in our hands. The prophecy becomes a weapon in our hands with which we wage war. And thou by them. And you see what is so powerful. Are you Are you writing something down? Yes, oh lagadaha hatosh. Meligo So, what is he talking about? He says that prophecies are spoken now. What I want to take notes of here is that he did not say a prophecy. Do you see? Are you seeing on the screen? Yes, or oh, you are still writing something down? Yes, are you seeing it on the screen? Yes, My daughter, I don't know when he asks you when she asks you a question and I, you say that. You say don't say. Mm. <laughs> don't, don't say, mm, when you say, mm, you are saying nothing. So don't just nod your head or say, mm-hmm, mm, Daddy, are you going to tell? Mm-hmm. No, 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 don't say that. Just open your mouth and speak. Say, I'm going or I'm not going. Is that not strange? So I'm charging you with that responsibility this morning. So I received that responsibility. So don't say, I mm, will do like this. <laughs> Is that powerful? Now, I wanted to notice the fact that he didn't say, a prophecy. He said prophecies. He said what? That means that Timothy had not received one prophecy from Paul or the, elder, the council of elders. Timothy had received many prophecies. So you can receive many prophecies, but you have to wage war with all these prophecies you receive because most of times prophecies are consistent. Most of times prophecies are consistent. When the Spirit of God keeps speaking to you again and again, concerning a situation, or concerning your life, or concerning something, he does that so that he can re-emphasize on what he said before. God is in the habit of re-emphasizing what he says. Write it down. God is in the habit of re-emphasizing what he says. God is in that habit of re-emphasizing or reiterating what he says. So when you even read the Bible, you discover that certain things are spoken several times. Because God believed that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a word can be established. Or a a word will be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So God always wants to speak, even through prophecies, speaks consistently. So sometimes we give a prophecy we've given you before, you say yes. Because sometimes you have even forgotten. There are Christians who as powerful as prophecy is. They forget the prophecy. Is that true? true, There is no day you must... In fact, it is best if you write the prophecy than when it is given to you with a date. You must not forget a prophecy. Why? Because sometimes the timing for the fulfillment of the prophecy is, 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 is far. It's long. Especially when it's a revelatory prophecy. I said when it's an inspirational prophecy, it's for edification, it's for exhortation, and it's for comfort. When it's a revelatory prophecy, it's a sharing of secrets. It is God sharing a secret with you through a prophet. So so God has seen, foreseen an accident before a child of God. That is a secret. Nobody knows that on Wednesday there will be an accident. But God knows because he knows all things. And he's our father and he's concerned about us. Did you hear what I said? Yes, so that secret is revealed to the prophet to reveal to the person or to the church. Have you heard that shout, powerful man of God? Powerful, powerful. Is that right? right sir. Very important. So that once such things happen, come to you, the prophecies come to you, you should write it down. Be in the habit of writing down prophecies. We are in a generation where people are quick to judge a prophecy and so it has not come to pass. Oh, they even said somewhere, it has not come to pass. Sometimes before you think about that, you should ask what you have done after you receive the prophecy. That's why I'm sharing with you this thing. Is that true? Because yes, this is a teaching ministry and a prophetic ministry, so you understand. I've said it before, not many prophets teach. So sometimes you just share things and you just go home, you give you prophecy. You go home happy and you go and sleep. Do we sleep? Don't sleep on prophecies. As big as Jesus is, Jesus was and is, the men of old prophesied about him. True or false? In fact, every prophecy you see, everything you see in the scriptures is a prophecy of Jesus. Everything. Figuratively and all that. Some are direct, some are figurative, but it's all about Jesus. Every of those prophecies, and these prophecies concern Jesus. When he was born, he did not sleep on the prophecy. Did Jesus sleep on his prophecies? No. He knew there was going to be. There should be a fulfillment of the prophecy. He says, Lo, I come to do your will, as it is written of me, or it is spoken of me. The Bible says through God, who at sundry times, and in diverse manners, that is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, spoke unto us by the prophets, as is in these last days. So before the last days and before Jesus came, God has spoken unto every generation by the prophets. True of false? Now, 1 Peter chapter 1 also tells us that the prophets spoke concerning Christ Jesus. And they were inquiring what manner of time. Can we go to that scripture? Go to First Peter right now. I want you to see something about prophecy. Very important. Are you here in church? Yes, sir. Are you blessed to be here? Yes, sir. You have to go home carrying something. You can't come to this church and go home like you went to watch a movie. Is that not true? It's very important. As Christians take up responsibility... First Peter chapter 1, I think. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Just speak in tongues wherever you are. 1 Peter chapter 1, from verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 1, from verse 10. So first Peter chapter 1 verse 10 it says, of which salvation, now look at it, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. So the prophets have inquired and searched diligently this salvation. And they prophesied concerning the salvation. This salvation we are enjoying. That is the grace that should come unto you. So the prophets had prophesied concerning that true or false. And they were inquired and searched diligently. That is a, a spiritual search. Amen. Verse 11. Verse 11. Where's Pastor Fair? Get him in. Get him in. Amen. It's very important. You can't be doing these two things at the same time. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of... They were searching. They were inquiring and they were searching. The prophets. They were searching. are Are you following what I'm teaching you? They were searching. What manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them, or which was upon them, did signify. So they had prophesied about the salvation, they had prophesied about the grace to come, and they were searching, what time will this thing happen? Were they searching? Because even though they had even prophesied, they didn't know which time it was going to happen. So Isaiah said, Unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and said all of this, it shall be all of this. But he was still searching. What manner of time? this prophecy he had given, will be fulfilled. If you are there, shout glory to that. Glory. So even they themselves, who gave the prophecy, well, that's what I'm trying to say, were not really sure what time the prophecy will be fulfilled. And most of times, most prophets can't even tell you what time exactly that prophecy will be fulfilled. It's scarcely that they can tell you that this will happen on Tuesday or it will happen on Wednesday or something. It is scarcely. But sometimes, and most of the times, It's difficult to predict what particular time this prophecy will be fulfilled. That is why you cannot sleep on a prophecy and you have to take charge of the prophecy. Because even though these prophecies concerned Jesus, the prophecies were about Jesus, when Jesus came, he did not say that even uh, Isaiah prophesied about me, Jeremiah prophesied about me, even Elijah, even Elisha. All that was even Moses. They hold me, they've been prophesying about me. Now I have arrived. I can just rest. See, and Jesus is our perfect example. I said, What? Jesus is our perfect example. So he did not rest on the prophecy, he learned how to wage war through prophecies and fulfilled God's plan for his life, his ministry. Through his earthly ministry, through his death, and through his resurrection. In fact, Abraham prophesied concerning Jesus. What kind of prophecy? When he was sacrificing his son, he was prophesying. You get what I'm talking about. That was a figurative prophecy. When he was sacrificing his son, Abraham said it. Moses said, a prophet, a greater prophet shall God raised for you. Moses prophesied. He was talking about Jesus. Most of the prophets throughout prophesied about Jesus. But the whole Old Testament is is a a prophecy of Jesus. The whole Old Testament. The New Testament is the fulfillment of those prophecies that were concerning Jesus. Write it down. The Old Testament, the the whole book. But you want to take it one after the other. Everything you see there concerns Jesus. Joseph, everything about Joseph was a shadow of Jesus. Figuratively. Daniel gave prophecies. Everybody gave up for the prophets. You see that in it says, "Certain what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ." And these are the Old Testament prophets talking about that they testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. So when the spirit of God told them about the sufferings of Christ, Jesus said, "Abraham rejoiced to see my day." When did Abraham rejoice to see his day? Says Abraham, when the people were so angry, ah, you are not even fifty years, you're telling us all kinds of nonsense and all those things. And the opposition was coming. It was a child of prophecy. Yet the opposition came. We will come into that very soon. And they were all coming, He looked at them and says, Abraham rejoice to see my day. He told them, he says that if you if these people keep quiet, my father will raise a stone. Out, out of stones. All kinds of things. Yet Jesus did not come, sit down, and say, I received a powerful prophecy. In fact, when I studied the laws of Moses, everything concerns me. So let me just rest. No! I'll show you some of the things Jesus did, even concerning the prophecy he received. And we are all children of prophecies. Shout hallelujah to that. Hallelujah. We are all children of prophecies because we are the product of the fulfillment of these prophecies. Write it down. So we are all children. Of prophecies, because we are products, we are the results of the prophecies that this man, this old man, spoke concerning Christ. We have become part of Christ, which they spoke about. They said, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. He shall see his, his seed, he shall prolong his days. The pleasure of the Lord shall be fulfilled in his hands. That was Isaiah speaking. is that not powerful? I see the most amazing thing is that all the prophets of the Old Testament couldn't give a detailed description of what they were prophesying about for a reason. They couldn't. But we are the fulfillment or the results of those prophecies. They talked about the salvation to come. Is that what it says in verse 10? Yes, has the salvation come? Yes, sir. Or are you in church today? I, mean, yes, I said, has the salvation come? Yes, now, are we part of the salvation? Yes. So we are the results of their prophecies. And because of that, every Christian is a child of prophecy. Every Christian, write it down, every Christian is a child of prophecy. Can you switch back? Go to Hebrews chapter 1. Is this not so powerful? Take us to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Oh, le ashute elikataya. Man Despise not prophesying. Is that not a powerful instruction? It's despise not, quench not the spirit, and despise not prophesying. A powerful instruction by Paul. Quench not the spirit, and despise not prophesying. This God who at sundry times, in old times, and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. You see there, God who at Sunday times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. So, you see, that's why yesterday I said that the, the, the prophetic ministry is a foundational ministry. It's foundational. Even in time past, God was speaking to men through prophets. Come on, shout glory to that. I just wanted to see this. Take us back to Timothy. First Timothy again. Who understood what I just said? So even those prophets couldn't tell when exactly Jesus was going to be born. They couldn't tell. John the Baptist, who preceded Jesus, was given a sign. He was given a sign. So unto whom that you see, unto him that you see the spirit descend on like a dove, he's the person we are talking about. So he was just waiting to see that sign. So, if that sign had not happened, Jesus would have just passed behind him and still be walking around. Maybe he had even met Jesus several times. No, John the Baptist was in the wilderness, so he wouldn't meet, would meet Jesus like that. And in the time I'll be showing for what do you guys think? <laughs> they might have met several times to even play football. <laughs> Sometimes people think that when Jesus was born, he just woke up and became uh, what do you call it? Saturday miracles No. They went to play football small. People called him and said, Jesus. Yeshua, he says, Yes, sir. Yes, ma. So go and buy me uh, what we jollof rice. Hey. Go and buy. Hey. They, they sent Jesus as a kid went to buy things. They took him to the temple as his custom was, the Bible says. So he was reading in the temple. And sometimes he would go to his father's carpentry, Joseph's carpentry shop, two of faults. And he would, the, uh, his father would do a chair and say, Send it to so and so for me. And he would send it to so and so. So all those things were happening. But the prophecy that had been spoken throughout the scriptures was concerning that person who was sending a chair to a client. Can you see the picture of what I'm trying to let you know? But it was a time for the fulfillment of the prophecy. So the Bible says the child grew in wisdom. That means that he studied the word of God, he studied the laws. So when you study the Gospels, you see Jesus quoting scriptures. Is it not written in, your, in, your, in the laws? Is it not written in the laws? It didn't come just because it was just then the Holy Ghost gave it to him. No, he had learned it. The Bible says he always went to church. Jesus went to the synagogue and read the scriptures as his custom was. If you hear what I said, shout glory to that. Who heard it there? So he read the scriptures. The day he said, The Spirit of God is upon me. That day he had also gone to read the scripture again, but that day was a different day altogether. So a dramatic change there. But the people knew, oh, this guy, he reads scriptures. So today, today, he's coming to read the scriptures. And after reading the scriptures, he closed the book and said, Today, the Spirit of God is upon me. They say, said, hey, today, what is happening here? Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. And then he started speaking. And started healing. Then they saw that the guy has changed. If you are there, shout glory. glory. I'm just trying to let you know, see some of these things from our angle. Is that true? So he says, this charge I commit unto you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies. Prophecies are weapons. Write it down. Prophecies are weapons. According to the prophecies which went before on thee. I've said before people have received prophecies and they died, not seeing the fulfillment of the prophecies. People have received prophecies and they've gone old and they never saw the manifestation of the prophecy. Their words were spoken by the spirit. Or they just wake up in the morning, they get some cocoa and eat, and then they say that, oh, he says, I'll, forf- I'll watch over my word and I'll fulfill it. <laughs> is that not true? true that. So you just watch over his word, let's just rest and let us fulfill it. Paul said here that prophecies are weapons. We weaponize prophecies, we fight with prophecies. The same way you fight with a gun, you fight with prophecies. True or false? You hold it like a gun. i you seen the Russian man, how he's serious. So you do the same with the prophecy. If you want to see, you can go and check on YouTube and see how serious the Russian man is. Three of us. He's so serious. So when you see him and he's talking, then you see that, Charlie, then I have to take my prophecies more serious like this man and become so angry until it is fulfilled. You hear what I said? So according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that you by the prophecies, Might war a good warfare. Might war a good warfare. We have to war with prophecies. Why do we have to war with prophecy? Because you see, Christianity is a war. Write it down. Christianity is a war or it's a fight. Many don't know that Christianity is a war. It's a fight. You are born again to wage war. We are born again to wage war. Christianity is a war. It's a fight. We are admonished to fight the good fight of faith. We are called soldiers. Paul calls us soldiers. And let us know that we are called to the war front. Since no one that is at war entangles himself with civilian affairs. Give me that scripture right now in Timothy. It's so powerful. Come on, shout glory. glory. No man that is at war entangles himself. Take us to... Give me that scripture. Give me second, second Corinthians chapter 10. No man that is at war entangles himself. I could just skip it, but I just want you to see the scripture also. Is that not true? It's good you see the scripture so that it stays in your head. It stays in your imaginations. And stays in your thoughts. If you are in church... Give the Lord a shout of glory. Glory. Are you hearing certain things this morning? It's so important. There is no room for laziness in Christianity. There is no room for laziness. There is no room for slothfulness in Christianity. Did you hear what I said? There is no room for slothfulness. The Bible says, and be not slothful. Be not sluggish. Be not lazy, but be followers of them who through faith and who through patience inherited the promise. So be not slothful, be not sluggish, but be followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promise. So there is no room for slothfulness in Christianity. Every Christian must be diligent. Every Christian must be at work spiritually. Every Christian must be awake spiritually. Right? That is very important. It's very important. Because we have have cooked a kind of Christianity where people are all just relaxed, waiting for one day that the God of heaven will shake himself and then things will change. That's the kind of Christianity we have presented. And that's the kind of Christianity we have come to meet. So every Christian is just sitting down somewhere and waiting. But you see, in Christianity, we learn to fight with the word of God. We learn to fight with prophecies. That is why Paul said that I will, or I wish that everyone prophesies. In First Corinthians 14, where we read on Friday and on, 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 on yesterday, I wish that everyone prophesy because he wants you to just be prophesying to yourself, and prophesying to one another, and always <laughs> receiving prophecies. Because the prophecy that is coming is a word to you for that for that time. So the more the prophecies, the more you are alert. You didn't hear what I said. So there is no such thing that, oh, there is too much plenty prophecy. Or there is too much prophecy. Or there is plenty prophecy. No. Just like there is no such thing that there are so many prophets. There is no such thing. <laughs> you the shout glory. Because God always wants his church to, to have the word of God for the now. <laughs> Let me say that again. Shall I say that again? God always wants his church to have the word of God for the now. God always wants his church to have the word of God for the now. And when I say the word of God for the now, it means that you are not just living in the word of God that you heard many years ago. That is just somewhere you are still trying to remember the word. Or you are not just living a prophecy and you are just trying to remember. Well, so even in the Old Testament, he made sure that the bread he gave to them for free. He told them, make sure that this bread doesn't meet tomorrow. Every day there must be a daily bread. Hallelujah. So there also must be a daily word for the Christian. Hallelujah. That daily word doesn't just take place in the church. It takes place as you read the scriptures. So we have a responsibility to even study the scriptures. So we always know, we always have a word for that day. Not a word just to walk around. But we are full of the revelation of that word for that day. Always filled with revelations. And those revelations inspire you. You can't give up. You can't be slothful. You can't be lukewarm. You can't be cold. The more the word of God, the more the word of God that is revealed to you on a daily basis, the more fiery you become. The more fiery you become. Write it down. It's very important. The more the word of God you receive on a daily basis. So, when you have the gift of prophecy, for instance, you can be prophesying in your room, your personal prayers, as you are praying. Magados, 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 magados. Pray for an hour. Suddenly, you see Spirit of God begin to speak to you. That's a prophecy. That's an inspirational prophecy. That's a personal prophecy. So you are always heated with the word of God. Did you didn't hear what I said? You are always what? Heated. heated. You are on heat with God's word every day. The same with prophecies. So it says that no man that warrent entangles himself. Start from verse three. Is that not powerful? Second Timothy chapter two verse three. He says thou therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier. Is that what he said? Oh, is it talk- who is it talking to? It's talking to the church. To endure hardness. He didn't say endure hardship. Just endure hardness. It means that be hardened as a soldier. Have you seen a soldier before? Oh, I have seen a soldier at war. He says be hardened. There is nobody who is at war in the military front and he's holding his guns or his bombs and he's now calling. Ma, how are you doing, sir? How are you doing, ma? I was just calling to check up on you at that time. No, 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 no. He's focused on his work at that particular time. He's hardened. A military friend of mine told me that after they passed out and all that they were sent somewhere and whilst they were in battle, a friend of his that he has finished eating with and all that, and they ran into battle. Their friend, there was just a blast. Phew. The guy died there. He had to still run to go and shoot. There was no such thing as, Oh, Kwejo, oh, Kwejo, oh, Kwejo. No, 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 no. Kojo is done. We must continue. Is that not true? Can you carry Kwejo's body to Ghana? No. <laughs> so he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Go to verse 4 now. So say I am a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus say I am I am hardened. I am hardened. Say then say I am hardened. I am hardened. I'm a, good I'm a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So you are a soldier. Two of us. Jesus. A soldier. Say I am a soldier. I am a soldier. And There is no man that is at war, entangles himself with affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. So we have been chosen to be a soldier. He says, no one that is at war entangles himself. No man that is at war. So we are at war. And one of the means to war is to war with prophecies. The great woman of God, Marilyn Hickey, said the great prophet of God, William Graham, prophesied concerning he had, he had, been, he had been married for years, no child. And William Graham, William Graham is the father of prophets, three of us. Very powerful man of God. Very powerful man of God. He's gone home to be with the Lord. He's resting and watching us from the, from the, from the stands. I thought I will hear glory to that. He's so watching us from the stands. And William Braham prophesied to Marilyn Hickey that you have a, a daughter and she will preach the gospel. William Graham prophesied and died. Ten years after the prophecy, Marilyn Hickey got pregnant and gave birth to a child. And the, the child the the, the, the woman now who is a woman now not a, a child now is that not true she's preaching the gospel now. She's preaching the gospel now. But it took ten years after the prophecy. So imagine when you look at the prophecy, just came, oh, as as powerful as this prophet is, it has not come to pass, and I just left it like that. It may never have come to pass. So waiting war with prophecy is very essential. It's very essential. It says that we are soldiers. Now go to Second Corinthians chapter 10. Quickly. So how do we war with prophecy? Number one. How do we war with prophecy? Number one. Through prayers. Through prayers. And sometimes fasting. Uh, is that not powerful? Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3, are you there? If you are there, shout glory. Glory. I said if you are there, shout glory. Glory. Is that powerful? Is that powerful? powerful? Warring with prophecies. Warring with prophecies. Is that not powerful? So it says for though, so I said prayer and sometimes fasting. There are Christians who can never fast. See, nobody was born fasting. Who, how many of you were born? When the day you were born, you started fasting. Let me see your hand up. No one was born, born fasting. See, Christianity is such that we learn certain attitudes as we grow spiritually. You learn how to fast. You learn how to pray. And then you do the prayers. <laughs> I said you do what? You learn how to pray and you do the prayers. That means that you pray. You learn how to pray, and then you pray. You learn. We've so entered a Christian where people never learn anything about about everything they do. No learning. Say no learning. No learning. People don't know how to pray, what to even say when they are praying, and all that. But you learn. You learn fasting. You learn to fast. You start like a child. You start from six to nine. You start from six to two, go to six to twelve. You go to six to three. You learn it. Don't say ask for me when it comes to fasting. Hey, hey. No. So number one is through prayers and sometimes fasting. There are times you have to fast and fast and pray and fast and pray and fast. I remember my message on the importunity of prayers. Importunity of prayers. You fast, you pray, you fast, you pray, you fast on a prophecy. You can't let it slip by. That is a soldier. That's what? Soldier. That is somebody at war. That is what? Somebody at war. Is that not important? Is that important? You fast, you pray, you fast, you pray, you fast, you pray. So one major way of waging war is through, prof- is through what? Prayers. Now, it says, for though we walk in the flesh... We do not walk after the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, that means that we are functioning on this earth. That means that we are living on this earth. That means that we are interacting on the earth realm. The Christian lives in the spirit realm and functions on the earth realm. So he says that even though we are interacting, we are living in the flesh. You are talking to your husband, you are talking to your wife, you are talking to your workers. You are walking in the flesh. We are doing things in the flesh. It says that though we walk in the flesh, it says we do not war after the flesh. That that is to give us a kind of mentality that there is a war in going on. Did you get what I just said? Yes. So we are we walk in the flesh. It says we do not war after the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. We do not wage war after the flesh. He's given us. Uh, it's suggesting to us the spirituality of our warfare. That we are in a spiritual warfare. And it doesn't mean... sometimes of say spiritual warfare. What people just think about is that we are fighting with the devil. The devil is strong and we are all fighting with him. And it's like we are in a warfare. That's not what it means. I'll show you what it means. Amen. It's a spiritual warfare. So it says even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So our warfare is spiritual. We are having a spiritual war. Not a physical war. Now continue. We do not war after the flesh. We are not warring after the flesh. We are not employing fleshly means to war. Such as arguments. The man of God said this is I'm going to argue with so and so. Those are fleshly means. Did you hear what I said? Or I receive a prophecy like this, so I'm going to war, I'm going to fight with the person that is involved. Or I, I, I'm, when I go to the workplace, now I even, they say be careful in your workplace, there's somebody who is sinister there, who is doing this, 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 this diabolic something, you understand know, so what, some sinister, so now even I even go to my workplace, I'm not talking to anybody again. A prophecy has come. That is after the flesh. That is what? After the flesh. That's after the flesh. I gave a prophecy to a lady many years ago, and it's many years ago, somewhere around 2012. And she was at a prayer meeting, and I said, you are going to, are going to get married to a young man, and the young man's name, I mentioned a young man's name. And she said, in my classroom and my lecture room, there is nobody with that name. I've never even met a man with that name before. And I said, yes, you've never met a man with that name, but you get married to a person with this name. So, be praying about it. And I left it. Several years after, somewhere in 2013, somewhere, I don't know how she came in contact with somebody with that same name. And they got married. And they didn't invite me to the wedding. In fact, they didn't even bring the young man to come. And the guy came from Italy, did everything, or papers everything. Is it Italy or Spain? Italy. Did everything, papers everything. In fact, the guy was building, he put the lady in charge of the building. Until the building was completed. Then he carried, it somewhere 2012, oh, many years ago. And then he did all the papers and came to take her to Italy. And they got married. So after the marriage that he called me, when she, when she called me, when she called me, to, I had also gotten married. I was so busy. Two of us, That's right. So she called me and she said, Papa, do you remember I am so and so? And I said, yes, 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 yes. I remember you. Then she said, you gave me a prophecy when, back on campus when we were in school. So I wasn't in the same school with them. She was in the same school with mommy. And she said all of that. I said, yes, yeah, so the young guy had come. Now we are, as I speak to you, we are got married. We are going. Hey! <laughs> that thing has happened. And, and that is the, that's one of the, I'll teach you on that. Maybe that's the last point I'll give you. Connecting to the source of the prophecy. There are Christians who just receive prophecy. Shh, they run away. Some receive prophecy and they receive the manifestations, they still ran away. Sometimes you are wondering how can a man of God give you a prophecy? The prophecy comes to pass. You are not enjoying your life. Then you run away. Something must even tell you that hey, this man of God has, has done something in my life. Or God has done something in my life through this minister of the gospel. Is that not true? He ran to go and hide. So she called me. When she was calling me, she was about going, so she left. I was there one day when she called. Papa, I'm so tired of the marriage. I said, what is happening? I say, I'm so tired of the marriage. My husband is so troublesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Malagadosh. I've said it before. By experience. We are living a life that is long. If at the age of 35 you receive a prophecy and you just run away, at the age of 40, you may meet something that you need the same prophet. And at that time, he will charge you some coins. Is that not true? The lady called me. Started talking. I said, what is the problem? She says, Papa, when I, when I dream, sometimes yeah. I dream. And then we see weird, weird objects. And sometimes under my pillow, by the time we wake up, we see, wh- what do they see? We see a bed under our pillow. We say, hey, what, where did the bed come from? Then we have, I have dreams. Then this is happening, that's happening. My husband is troubling me. I said, take, take your time, take your time. I said, if your husband doesn't love you, will he come all the way, put you in charge of building, carry you, do papers and carry you just to go and molest you there? She said, no. So, what is the problem? As I speak to you, they are divorced. They fought and fought and fought to the point where they had to now take their children away from them. Took their children away from them over there and did all the things they would do, and separated them, and gave their children, distributed the children. That kind of thing. Was a prophecy a wrong prophecy? No. What happened? There was not, no waging of war. There was no waging of war. So it is not just how sweet the prophecy is, and how it has been fulfilled. That's why I'm sharing some of these things with you. What am I trying to tell you? This particular lady was fighting after the flesh. Fights with the mother-in-law. Had issue with the mother-in-law. Maybe she's the, even the one you're responsible for all of this. The best is coming. Tomorrow, fight with this. The next day, fight with this. The husband comes. At one point, I, tell, I say, exercise patience. The way you are even talking, it looks like if you get another fight, you fight. The room says, I'm sleeping in my room. My husband is sleeping in his own room. See, and all kinds of things. I said, take your time. She was fighting the battle, what, physically, two of us. Exactly. We don't fight spiritual battles physically. Yeah. No, we fight spiritual battles spiritually. Once you are in Italy, I'm giving, using her as a, an example, and you discover that when you sleep, all kinds of things are happening in the room. You sleep and you see bats. You wake up and there are bats all over. Then you wake up and there are uh, beds under your pillow. Then, all, are there no strange things? You sleep with no beds. you wake up with beds. Do we fight such a battle physically? No, no, no. You should know where it is coming from. There are arrows. There are demonic oppositions. And then you are just there fighting physically. Your husband says yes. You say no. You say yes. You say no. You say yes. You say no. Hey! atalakata. Is that not strange? So he says that even though we are walking in the flesh, we are not warring after the flesh. We are not employing such kind of arguments and such kind of whatever to fulfill prophecy, to fight, to war. Then it tells us our weapons. Is that not powerful? For the weapons of our warfare are not canal. They are not physical. In New translation, you say, the weapons that we war with are not physical weapons, like a cutlass, like a knife. Say, man, I've got married this even by prophecy. Now my husband is going out. She's, he's sitting on me and all of that. But this thing happened by prophecy. When the man of God prophesied, It it was so powerful, in fact. You understand? Then you are now employing guns and cutlasses. No. No. Since the weapons of our warfare are not canal. So he's telling us that the weapons we are warring with, they are not physical weapons, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So these weapons are mighty weapons. They are powerful weapons. One of such weapons is prayer. Prayer is a weapon. Praying through prophecy is weaponizing the prophecy. Write it down. Praying through prophecy or praying with the prophecy in mind or waging war with the prophecy. You are praying through prophecy. You are praying through prophecy. It's weaponizing the prophecy. You are praying through prophecy. It says, but it's might. Do you have the TPT the, uh, uh, Passion Translation? You have it there this time. If you don't have it, maybe go out first to just check it out for me. Do you have your your your? your it's so powerful. Is it powerful? Is it powerful? Is it not powerful? Let me see whether we see what the TPT says here. Oh, who is hearing something? hearing something? I have to give you this kiss It's very important. It says the weapons of our warfare are not canal, it says but they are mighty through God, to so the pulling down of strongholds who has a passion who who has translation? Or oh, nobody has it here. For now. Is that not powerful? Mm-hmm. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power. Our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power. Uh-huh. To effectively dismantle, to effectively dismantle the, defenses. the defenses of the enemy, of the, ad- the adversary. So they are so mighty that they can effectively dismantle are fortresses of the adversary. Now go to verse 5. Mighty weapons. Mighty weapons. So prayer is a mighty... Praying through prophecy. See, praying through prophecy. Say it after me. Praying through prophecy. It's very important. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What are we fighting with? We are fighting with every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? What God has said, the word of God, and the prophecy of God. God has spoken a prophecy. You have received a prophecy. Is that true? You have received a prophecy. Have you received a prophecy? So he's casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. High things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. So there are things that exalt themselves, are you in church? There are things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. They exalt themselves against the prophecy of God. The prophecy has come. But there are certain imaginations and thoughts and things happening. And they are happening against that knowledge that has come to you. That awareness has been given to you. That prophecy has been given to you. Prophecy is a bit of God's knowledge revealed. Prophecy is a bit of what God knows. Says, Surely God does nothing without revealing it to the prophets. To His servant, the prophets. I'll, I'll get, give you that scripture very soon. But let's be here. It says, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So you want every imagination, every opposition, and every item that is exalting itself. For instance, with the marriage thing, this is an opposition. What was happening is exalting itself against what you have received. So you have to dismantle that opposition, regardless of the source of the opposition. You have to dismantle it, because the prophecy has come. You have become aware of who you should marry. You have gotten married to the person. Then things are going the way, the opposite direction. Every thought, bringing every thought into captivity. So every vain or evil imaginations of men, of demons, because you see, the devil has a way of staying behind the scene and influencing things against a prophecy. He stays behind the scene. Did you didn't hear what I said? The devil stays behind the scene. When the people were saying, Crucify him, crucify him, the one who was behind the scene was the devil. Just if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Why wouldn't they have crucified the Lord of glory? Did they know any Lord of glory? No. So that the princes of the world, meaning that the one who was influencing the princes of the world was the enemy, the devil. If you call that child, glory to that. So when they were saying, crucify him. Away with this man. Bring us Barabbas. In fact, the scripture says that the enemy went directly into Judas Iscariot to betray his master. Those were oppressions of the enemy. Those were what? Oppressions of the enemy. Behind the scene. Behind the scene. Against the prophecy that had gone on Jesus. The prophecies had gone on Jesus. And so the enemy her, that, oh, let us finish this, Jesus. Let's kill him. But you see, Jesus was smart. Say, Jesus, Jesus was smart. How do I know Jesus was smart? Because when you study the scriptures, you discover that there was an evil decree against the people of Israel concerning their children, their male children. Nobody prayed. Nobody fasted. So it happened. They killed all the male children. As they as they give birth, they killed them. The Pharaoh made a decree. In the physical, the king had made a decree. In the spiritual, the enemy was influencing the king to make such a decree. Working behind the scenes. Why? The target was Moses. Moses, the big prophet. Is that not true? The same with Daniel. When you compare the two, you see that when the decree was made by, by Pharaoh, at that time, no one prayed. All the children were, all the male children were being killed until somebody hid Moses. Else he would have also been killed. But when they made an evil decree against Daniel, Daniel was a prayerful person. So even though they made a the decree, they passed the law. But the results they were after never came to pass. That's the difference between the two. Jesus said, Simon, Simon. Satan has desired. Jesus saw by revelation. That's a prophetic revelation. When the man of God says... That's why yesterday I said that when people call prophecies negative, it's out of ignorance. There's nothing like that. There's no negative prophecy. This is an evil prophecy. And what kind of prophecy is this? Because you have not read the scriptures. You've not done what? Read the scriptures. Why? Jesus himself had a negative prophecy then. True or false? Oh, I said true or false. Because he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you. Said I was in my prayer room somewhere on a mountain. As I was praying, I saw, Simon, that, that Satan had desired to have you. We don't have time. I have opened our scriptures right now for you, but we don't have time. Amen. Had desired to have you. Says that he may sift you as wheat. Satan has desired to have Simon Peter. Jesus had declared that on this rock I will build my church. On the revelation that was given to Peter, I will build my church. And even upon that same Peter himself, he will be an apostle. That was a declaration. So Peter was going to be an apostle after Jesus died and, and, and go home. That was what was going to happen. Yet, before Jesus died, Satan had desired to have Simon, Simon Peter, and to sift Simon Peter as wheat. But that was not all. Jesus said, but I have prayed for you. Okay. Let's see that scripture. It's so powerful. I think you should see it. Is that not strange? It's strange? If I say go and look for it, you won't go and look for it. When you go, you go straight to Instagram. And join, what do we call it? What do you guys think? So you see, through prayer, you are bringing down, you are paralyzing all kinds of imaginations, thoughts that come against the prophecy. Regardless of the source, you are dismantling it. Did you hear what I said? So important. Because once once you begin to pray, You are inspired to speak. We will come to that right now. You have a lot of things to share? I have a lot of things. Come and shout, powerful man of God. God. Are you hearing something? If you are hearing something this morning, shout, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout another hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that not powerful? Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold. It's like I'm talking to Pastor Obe. I said, Pastor Obe, Pastor Obe, behold. Satan has desired to have you. If I say Satan is there to have you, say, Tofiakwa. Is that not true? There was no Tophiakwa here. So the Lord said, Same answer. So this is uh, God for me. say This, uh, oh, the, all these diseases and his negative prophecies. Now I've been working with you all these years. In fact, we were there when the loaves turned to bread. I'm the one in charge of all of these things. Now, what are you telling me? That same Satan as said, So what are you doing with me? Are you not my papa? And Satan has desired to is that not what you say in this generation? You are my papa, you are my pastor. How can you be my pastor? And Satan has desired to also have me. As powerful as you, you are, you raise the dead. You multiply loaves. As powerful as you are, how can Satan have you whilst I'm with you? Christians sometimes think like that, you are with this anointed man of God. So I can just be sleeping. No, oh Satan, when he comes, you come and meet my father's anointing. So when something happens, they say, ah, a powerful man of God like that, and his peer just died. A powerful man of God like that, and his music minister just died. Have you you ever asked those, have you seen those things before? Mm. It's the same here today. This was not uh, uh, called a negative prophecy. Jesus saw it coming. He says, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. That is to separate you from the purpose that God had spoken concerning you. It could be your business. This means you go nations. Then you are asleep. Satan said, don't worry. I'll finish this young man. The prophecy there has happened. I'll let the prophet know that the prophecy won't happen. Know what he was about to do here. But Jesus was smart enough to do something about it. so that he may sift you as wheat. Then he says, but, continue, 32, quickly. But I have prayed for thee. Say hallelujah to that but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith faileth not. And when thou art converted, I have prayed for thee. So, prayer destroys the desires of Satan. Satanic desires. What I'm trying to tell you is that some of the things that sometimes we fight physically have what I call satanic undercurrents or satanic undertones. Satanic undercurrents means that when Satan is behind the scene and is working, and you are unable to perceive that is the one working. Sometimes you are even blaming an individual. Maybe it is my mother-in-law, maybe it is my uh, sister-in-law, and blaming people. However, you look at it, Satan is behind the scene. True or false. says that your faith failed not. Is that not powerful? So through prayers, we weaponize prophecy, and then we fight through prayers. Shout glory to that. The Bible says, Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, I said that Jesus was, Jesus died and was raised back to life because he prayed. I've said it before. Jesus died and was raised back to life. He could see that victory he saw because he prayed. Because prophecies, I've said it before, There were prophecies concerning Jesus. But when it was time for Jesus to die, he knew the hour had come. He knew when? How did he know? Through the Holy Spirit. That's also a point I'll give you very soon. Following the leading of the Spirit is a way of fighting. Amen. So, he knew through the Spirit that the hour had come. And because he knew that the hour had come, he went to the garden of Gethsemane. And called three other young men and said, follow me, Peter, James, John. Let's go and pray. And they slept because they didn't know what was happening. But he knew. And called, called, he called for prayers. Because the hour had come. The time had come. And the Bible says he prayed until his countenance was altered. Hebrews says that, who in the days of his flesh offered up prayers and supplications. He offered up prayers. Offered up supplications. Unto him that is able to hear him. That's unto his father. In that he feared. He prayed until his countenance was altered. He prayed. He knew that he was going to die. He could have said, Oh, I will die. I know. Because he had spoken to his disciples that, Oh, I will die. Break this building down in three days, I will raise it up. Is that not true? That was parabolic. Then he also says, Oh, I will die in three days, I will be raised back to life. Don't worry. He said a whole lot of things. They, They are watching. When will he die? Is this person mad? What is wrong with him that he says he will die? But he knew the prophecies concerning him. He was not ignorant. That's number one. Number two, he prayed before he went to the cross. So he won the victory on the cross before he. He won the victory in prayers before he died. He won the victory in prayers before he died. It is prayers that move the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost going to raise him back to life. He had prayed. He had done what? He had prayed. He, he say, oh, my father just raised me. I have power to lay down my life. I have power to pick it up again. Making all those pronouncements, then you go and just sleep. When it was time, when they came, they caught him after prayers. When did they arrest Jesus? They arrested him after G- after prayers. If that is true, say it's true, sir. It's true, sir. It's Remember, have you have been reading your, your Bible. Yes, this is Bible uh, Sunday school. It was after prayers that they did what? They arrested him. They didn't arrest him when he was sitting down and eating so today is the day I'll die. My father said he'll raise me back. Give me all the food. Let's have a feast. Then when we eat the water and we are so satisfied. And then they arrest me even by when I die the water will still be working in my body. No, oh, no, 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 no. That is carnality. Is that not carnality? Hmm. If you heard something shout glory. Number two quickly. Number two. I don't have time to talk about much about prayer. I have a prayer I've been talking about. It. Is that not true? You must pray. Look at another person. You must be prayerful. You must learn to pray through prophecies. He says you must learn to pray through prophecies. Don't just sit down and so say, they have prophesied," and that is all. Number two, maintaining your faith in prophecy. Right now, maintaining your faith in prophecy. Maintaining your faith in prophecy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. Take us there quickly. I'm just hit on this point. We are done. Who has just heard something right now? So the day you have the all night and you receive a prophecy, or the day you receive a prophecy on a Sunday, you just go, I just, you are so excited. I remember many years ago when I was prophesied to by a great man of God, you be a man of God, ah, your name will be everywhere. I was so excited. Kaladoska. Is that not true? (laughs) Say it's true, sir. Say it's true, sir. Is that not right also? It's It's right, sir. It's very important. Maintaining your faith in the prophecy. So you must learn to maintain your faith in the prophecy. Your faith in the Prophecy. I've said that there is no prophecy that is, eh, yeah, what do we call it? Don't forget that it's very important. There are different reasons why God, why God reveals things, or why prophecies are given. There are different reasons. There are different reasons. But here he says, this charge I commit unto thee, Saint Timothy, according to the prophecy which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Verse 19, quickly. Holding faith. And a good conscience which some having put away concerning faith have made a shipwreck or have made shipwreck of their faith. So some have even received prophecies and made shipwreck of their faith. When when we say shipwreck it means that when a ship wrecks, is that not true? (laughs) When a ship does what? The wrecking of a ship. That means that when the ship sinks or it's destroyed. Maybe the ship hits a rock or whatever, Titanic, iceberg or something. Or there's a, a blast from Russia and the ship so sinks. Is that not true? Seems that the ship sinks. It means your faith sinks. So your faith can sink. And you can even go out of faith. You can do what? You can go out of faith. So it says, holding faith. So you are holding faith like a shield. The scriptures in the Ephesians chapter 6 says the shield of faith. Say so it after me, say the shield of faith. Why? Because we hold faith. We do what? We like a shield. So it says, holding faith. Paul is so powerful. Paul, Paul. What do you guys think? Paul is so powerful. What do you think? So you are holding faith in the prophecy. You are not giving up on the prophecy. It's been two years now. No, you are not giving up on the prophecy. You are holding faith in the prophecy. You are holding on to the prophecy in faith, not giving up. Ephesians calls it the shield of faith. On the armor, it says the shield of faith. Why the shield of faith? Because there will be darts coming. That means arrows from different sources. In fact, the prophecy came that you'll be a businessman. For two years, you've not had sales. You say, hey, should I still continue with this business or I should I wait? The prophecy said that you get married to a young man. You've got in touch with a young man. Two years now, the young man has not really said anything. Hey. But you are so sure that he wants to marry you. Then you see all kinds of thoughts coming. Hey, this young man, will he still marry me? What if he believes me? Hey. Those are darts. They are called fiery darts. So we hold the, the shield of faith to quench fiery dust. Sometimes these stars come from the people closer to us. It could even be your wife. It, would there ever be a prof- fulfillment of this prophecy that Papa said? Do you get what I'm talking about? Would there ever be? It could be from your wife. Who sold Jesus? It was Judas. Was we so close. The one who sold him out was not the one who was far away. Sometimes it could be your sibling, your sister, your brother. Your fiance, God says, start a ministry. Everybody says, no, 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 don't start. God says, you'll be a pastor. Everybody says, no, be, you'll be a farmer. You should be a farmer. And do the next rise. Yeah. Is that not true? Is <laughs> it's, right, it's right, sir. It's right, sir. But there's a call to ministry. The prophecy has come. In fact... There so are people like prophets that say, oh, wherever I go, they tell me that. So what are you doing with wherever you go, they tell you? What you, they tell you? So wherever I go, they've told me that, i will be like this. In fact, one prophet, prophet so what you're saying is exactly what he said. <laughs> it's true. But you need to hold faith like a shield. The purpose of holding that kind of faith is to make sure that all the arrows that come against the, the the prophecy is all the arrows are blocked. The fiery darts are blocked. You are wearing your shield. Have you ever seen a shield before? A shield of faith. So you see all kinds of thoughts coming. Your brother says, Are you sure this thing? Now, is that not so powerful? Jesus had his own brothers in the same house doubting him. They said, If you think you are powerful, go and show yourself to the, the people out there. James was number one they only believed when they saw him ascending his brothers it was when they saw him ascending into the heavens and they saw him levitating and was standing like in the air like this they said no this man has never been ordinary we believe in him now <laughs> but throughout his ministry they never believed they say when you come say <laughs> be afakose why so when you two, me be akona kwachenkofo abonte you are no one here is the same But the dust kept on coming. And Jesus quenched them all. The opposition was not only from his family. The whole nation opposed him. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, all those people. The doctors of the law opposing this man. So when there's a prophecy and you have your shield on, the shield of faith, or you are holding faith, no matter the dust that come, you quench it with the faith. How do you do that? Say, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to U.S. That's what they said I will be. And it cannot be stopped. Did you didn't hear what I said? Mm. You quench it like that. See, the woman of God spoke to me. It cannot fail. said, I'll carry this pregnancy to the ninth month. No matter the blood, this baby is being born. Ah, it, cannot fail. it cannot fail. You are quenching those things. You don't just say, Hey, Papa, what's happening? See what is happening? Say, so Papa, something has happened. Allegodogo su talaba. Say the shield of faith. Say the shield of faith. So it says holding faith. See, so some people left their faith behind and they have made their faith to sink. Then he mentioned certain names like that here. We won't go there. Now, a perfect example of somebody who was holding his faith is in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Abraham. The Bible says who against hope. Abraham believed in hope. He was old. Abraham's prophecy did not come to a man of God. It came to God himself. <laughs> I thought you shouted glory to that. Glory. Are you in church today? Yes. It was God who spoke to Abraham. It was God who did what? God himself spoke to Abraham. Yet it took years. And those years that it took, the scripture says, Abraham, against all odds, against all the oppositions, against all the hope, Because he was old. He had reason to give up. Don't ever have a reason to give up on a prophecy. Write it down. Don't ever have a reason to give up on a prophecy. He had reason to say I'm old. Can you take us there quickly? Romans chapter 4 verse 17. A perfect example. The Bible says against all hope. He believed in hope. I have made thee a father of many nations. That's the prophetic word. Before him, whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Verse 18. Who, against hope, believed in hope. The case was hopeless, but he still believed what God had said. He believed the prophecy. Against hope, he believed the word of God. When he was old, enough to say, I'm so old, I'm an old man, how can I have a child? He did not say, How can I have a child? He said, I'm the father of many nations. He believed. Verse 19, quickly. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his body as dead when he was about a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. The scripture says he staggered not at the promise of God to unbelief. He was not weak in faith. He was not staggering. Hey, staggering like this. Hey, i no staggering. The word of God has come, and that is what is going to happen. Oh, yeah. As I even on the way to the embassy, all the thoughts say, Hey, I may not get this vessel. As the thoughts come, say in the name of Jesus, I declare. Those same words the man of God declared, I declare over this. As I go, I'm taking over. That is holding faith. That is holding faith. Come on, shout glory. glory. Number ter- the third one is rheumatizing the prophecy. Rematize Say ramatizing. Ramatizing. That's a word from WCN. Is that not true? It's, it's in my dictionary. It means to declare Rhema. And that, let's just check Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, quickly. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, quickly. Oh, who have you heard something right now? Are we there? And take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you rematize the prophecy. You do what? You the prophecy. So I declare in the name of Jesus. My voice has been heard. My voice has been heard all across the nations. Everyone is following me. People are hearing the word of God through me. In the name of Jesus. The man of God, Pastor Chris, I shall accomplish much for the Lord. You know, that prophecy that, was, that Pastor Chris spoke about, I had that revelation, for those of you who still I had that revelation in 2008 and 2009. And in that revelation, the first thing, I was in a fasting. I had gone to visit a friend who works at the mines in Bibiani and was enjoying himself. So I went to enjoy small as a student. And then 2000 and, no, 2008, 2009, 2008. And I was in this room one of the days as I was praying. I was praying. Suddenly, a cloud came to the room. The room became very heavy. And I felt like something like in a train, but it was only that I was watching it, and I saw two mighty men of God who came. They were speaking to me, and they said, "You accomplish much for the Lord." That's many years ago. It's when he says the Lord has increased His grace upon His life, and you accomplish much. I knew where it was coming from. That's why I say sometimes God says what He said again, reiterating what He said. Why, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a word is established. That's why sometimes there's a repetition. God doesn't speak just once and go and sleep. He speaks to this person. Sometimes He speaks to that person to keep you on your feet, to keep you awake. And that's a, that was a very powerful experience. I can't share with you today. It was so powerful. If I share with you, you'll be, you be shaking. Two of us. Like I'm just trying to see where it's coming from. Amen. So it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. It says the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Now there are ministers and ministers who are always holding sword. They say we are holding sword. With this sword we will kill our enemies with it. Or this sword, if I put this sword on you, you it is like a rod of Moses and all kinds of things. The scriptures, as good, as good as that sword may look like, so that it gives us an imagery of the sword it's talking about. We don't need to hold the sword. The sword is talking about is here. And take the helmet of salvation. Do you see it there? See on the screen, so you don't see I'm teaching you something wrong here. Look at it, there's it there. And take the helmet of salvation. And also take the sword of the spirit. It's a spiritual sword. The sword of the Holy Ghost. It says the sword, that sword of the Holy Ghost, which is the word of God. So the sword is what? Amen. The word of God. Now, the word of God, it translated as is Rema. Not logos, not just the written word. Rema. Rema means the word on the spot. Rema means the word that comes to you. Sometimes you are praying. Then you are inspired. Say, I declare in the name of Jesus. I'm taking over nations because I'm the seed of Abraham. That's a rema. That's a word that you are inspired to speak forth, even as you pray. Or even as your focus is on the things of the Spirit. Because sometimes you're not even praying, but you're thinking about some of the things that God has done in your life. Or some of the things that have been spoken in your direction, in your life. Or prophecies and all that. You are even in a trotter going. Oh, I used to do that a lot many years ago when I was in a glory! As I meditate on the scriptures in that trotter and I'm going to 37 somewhere. And I'm meditating in the, in, the, in the bath and I'm going. So I declare in the name of Jesus. You feel inspired. So I declare I'm taking over nations. I declare I'm giving cast to people. I declare I'm changing lives. Sometimes I passed by, one time I passed by a shoemaker. I was so touched. I was passed by the shoemaker. I saw the guy suffering. I passed by, I saw God saying, in the name of Jesus, I'm changing lives through the gospel. Everyone can be healed. Everyone can be saved. Everyone can be prosperous through the gospel. I just started speaking forth, just seeing that man in that predicament. So that's the sword. It's a sword. So once you release those words, You are releasing a sword. You are releasing a sword because they are inspired by the spirit. They come from within. From the wells of your spirit. And once you bring them forth and you speak them forth, you are releasing a sword. Is the word going by. It's a sword. What is the purpose of the sword? To cut through oppositions. So you cut through such oppositions and cut through things through the sword, which is in your spirit and in your mouth. Rema. If you are there, shout glory to that. So if you want to put use of the sword, you put words into, into action. You set forth words to oppression. Especially when you are praying. Sometimes you add fasting. God, this thing is to delaying. I say it every time that even Daniel did not know that it would take 21 days. The first day the thing was said, Two or four. But he added fasting. He was fasting for one day. It ended to 21 days. I have read in Jeremiah's book that he had written. That so and so must be happening. It has not yet happened. That was the Daniel, the prophet Daniel. And landed into prayers and added fastings. His intention was not to, to fast for 21 days. Yet he ended on the 21st day because that was when the answer actually came. I know people say that there's a battle in the heaven. Maybe we are battling in the heaven and all that. That's the Old Testament. you are not battling. It's not the, the demons. They were angels who are battling there. All of them have been destroyed in hell. And we've been given the victory. Amen. So things have changed now, but I don't want to go into that because I don't have time. So which is the sword of the Spirit? Say the sword of the Spirit. Sword. Declare the prophecy as you pray. You remember, one of me said that you give birth to a girl. You say, in the name of Jesus. I'm getting pregnant with this girl. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are praying in the Spirit. Children are heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is His reward. You are praying, you are declaring. That is, that is how that's waging waging war word with prophecy. It's not sitting in the room and say oh, these people maybe they after our money these people. Oh, no, wage war! Not somebody say wage war, war. wage war. So I said, dramatising the prophecy. Number four, connectivity to the prophet. Very important connectivity, connecting to the prophet. That's number four. I don't think I can talk about that, can I? But it's so important. Connect to where the source is, where the prophecy came from. Connect that people just run from... In fact, today somebody can just run to your church and say, Pastor, I want you to do the wedding for me. I've seen strange things in this generation where a person does not belong to any local assembly and then runs to you. Papa, I've been seeing you on TV. I want you to be the one to do those things. I want you to come and do my wedding for me. Somebody says, the way you preach, it touched me. I'm having my wedding. Can you please come and officiate what kind of thing is that? People run from place to place. Then the minister will say, okay, you don't worry. I see my PA. Give him 500 CDs. We will be there. But oh, doesn't it happen but so bad? Things have changed. You ought to belong to a local assembly. In fact, you have to be being recognized in a local assembly. But things have changed. So people, why do I, did I say that? Because people are running just from church to church just for prophecy. Today there's a prophetic online, you join. Another one online, you join. Another one, you join. Another one, you join. Then you enter a church, you join. You enter a church, you join. If you had waged war with the first one, by this time you have seen manifestation. So it's important. It's important to wage war and connect to the source where it's coming from. You may not even belong to the church, but you are connected. You are connected. Say I'm connected. Say I'm connected. That's the, the fourth one. The fifth one, can't explain all of this. Is connecting to the Holy Ghost. The scripture says for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. When you study the scriptures very well, you discover that sometimes the manifestation of prophecy is dependent on the leading of the Spirit. So like Peter had a vision to go to Cornelius' house. It was a manifestation of a prophecy concerning the Gentiles in the scriptures. But he had to be led. He had to be led. Ananias was led by the Spirit. He saw in a vision where he should go, and he would find Paul. Brother Paul at that time he had not become an apostle. He was a brother. He had had an encounter, and he had gotten blind. And Ananias the disciple was there. And the Holy Ghost went to Ananias and said, Ananias, there is this young man called Brother Paul. In fact, I've arrested him as I speak to you. He's hiding in somebody's room over there, on this particular street. So I'm leading you to go there. And once you get there, Lay your hands on him, his eyes will open, and speak these words unto him. Is that not powerful? <laughs> it's powerful. Shout glory. Sometimes there is a need for the, the leading of the spirit. It's a need for the leading of the spirit. Now, and uh, connecting to the prophet, write this scripture. One scripture there is, very, is a very important scripture. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Can you project Amos chapter 3, verse 7? It's so important. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealed his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealed his secret. The word secret there means he revealed his counsel unto his servants, the prophets. So he reveals his counsel. And that's why it's important you connect to the prophet. The prophet is a, the custodian of the secret, the counsel of God, and the communicator of that secret. So the a revelation is a secret, oh. it's a secret that has been picked by the prophet, or has been revealed to the prophet. It's a secret. It's a secret. The prophet picks it out through the Holy Ghost. And bring us out and say, Papi, I see you going to USA. You say, Amen. Is that not true? It's not the prophet seeing you. It is God seeing you going there. And God showing the prophet that this is what is going to happen. Is that not strange and powerful? Then you say, Amen, Amen, Amen. I receive. Then when you go, you sit down. You speak in tongues. My US visa is granted in the name of Jesus. Who ah. oh, heard what I just said there? It's so important. Keep at what you are doing. Keep at it. The prophecy comes. Keep doing it. Don't give up on it. Don't stop somewhere. If you, if you stop, you will miss it. Keep going. Keep connecting. As you do that, the Spirit of God will just carry you. Why? Concerning the vision. say, Write the vision and make it plain. That he may run that is it. So You must learn to run with a vision. We said you will be what do you call it? A great banker. You own banks and all that, and you are not running with that. Will you become a banker? You can't count. Uh, what do you call? It? You can't do any accounting for us. Are you not in trouble? So you work around that one also. The spirit of God will just carry you to places. In the name of the Lord Jesus, give the Lord a shout of glory. glory. Can we please be upstanding? A few minutes. And our music will just give us a song. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost for just a few minutes. Oh, thank you, Jesus.